Thanks. It's like in one legislative session, you had a dream society at least started. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Molly Glover, Nick Glover, and Tim Wick. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, our friend Tony Miller returns to talk with us about pronouns. So, what's the big deal about pronouns? There really shouldn't be any. Just call people what they want. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Molly Glover, joined as always by my co-hosts, Nick Glover. He, him. And Tim Wick. He, him. I'm Molly Glover, she, her. And we are joined <laughs> by the illustrious, our dear friend, Tony Miller. Tony, thank you and welcome to the show again. Thank you. And I'll just go by Lord of All. Sure, that works. <laughs> I like that. Lord, Lord of All. We are here to discuss pronouns, language, and culture <laughs> with Tony, uh, a topic that he brought to us that we realized we have never really done an entire show about. And, and we're very excited to dig into this. It's something that I know all four of us are very passionate about, uh, both respecting people's pronouns and making sure to do active work to make things in- inclusive and to you know be good allies beyond just saying well of course you respect people's pronouns but actively you know doing work to make sure that 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 gets done absolutely hey, it's probably worth worth noting that we're four cis folks who all use our assigned at birth pronouns mm-hmm. uh, but that's the beauty of pronouns everyone has them everyone <laughs> yeah and I, I want, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, Nick. You know, I am a, <laughs> speaking of privilege, I am a white cishet male, you know, and uh, I've done a lot of learning over the years, primarily through self-defense training, where I come across victims, usually at the time, women, femme presenting, and then more and more queer clientele. And so I learned a lot through them. I've made mistakes. Uh, and I forged ahead. I'm going to give a very brief spotty inter- or spotty history lesson of pronouns. Um, the English language has developed and uh, evolved from the... Uh, it's called Pi. It's uh, a language that started its roots about six to 8,000 years ago, and they had no gendered pronouns. Hmm. Um, gendered pronouns, as far as we can tell in the English language, first started showing up in about 1375. And it was uh, in a poem, and then eventually it started being used uh, more specifically in the late 1600s, early 1700s. You was a plural up until the late 1700s. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That makes sense. It does. And they, as singular, was used up through Shakespearean times. Um, there was a brief attempt in the 1880s by uh, a Frenchman who tried to use the gender, a gender-neutral term such as thon, T-H-O-N. I've read about that. Yeah, it never really caught on. Um, <laughs> and there's been, there's been different attempts over the years, over generations of gender-neutral, much more so in the 60s. You know, there's a whole explosion mm. about, you know, re, reconfiguring gender and gender roles in a heavily patriarchal society, which has not really changed so much as far as power structures. There has been some change, but by and large, it's still been patriarchal. 
that is just kind of a brief overview. And then if you get into indigenous languages, I study Hawaiian, and I came across some very interesting things. I studied up on the Diné Itza, uh, what we call the Navajo. Uh, most indigenous languages, by and large, either one, don't have gendered language, or two, they have two complete almost completely different dialects for males and females. They also mm. make space for what they call, what we uh, kind of call the two-spirit people, people, yep. in, you know, intersex, all different kinds. There's space for those in a lot of indigenous cultures. That got wiped out by missionaries, mostly from the... You don't Pro say. Yeah, mostly from... Uh, <laughs> so Protest that's weird. Protestant religions and the Catholic, the Catholic Church, which that could be a whole podcast as far as that criminal organization is concerned. Yeah. That brings us to what I wanted to talk about today. All of us deal with humor. All of us deal with a variety of different humor. I do insults. And one of the most profound... Oh, oh, my God. So do we. I know. <laughs> one of the most profound changes was before lockdown, about two years before lockdown, um, I started asking people, uh, usually under the age of 35 at the time, and now under the age of 40, right before I start insulting them and just ask him, what's your pronoun? Mm -hmm. And then they tell me, they, them, he, any, whatever. And then I adjust and just go from there. Yeah. And the, the change in people's faces and appearances and receptivity is enormous. You talked a little bit earlier, Molly, about doing the work. It's one yeah. thing to be performative about this stuff. Yep. And I don't mean we perform. Yes. <laughs> uh, but just to, to give lip service and not do the actual fucking work, the yeah. least yeah. we can do, the very least we can do is to call someone by the name and expression they wish. You know, in Renaissance Festival communities, if you come in and say, yeah, my name is Crystal Face Moon Fox. Okay. Yep. That's your new name. Right. And then it's like, like Martin Luther King says, it's more what is the content of their character. Now, we did have a young... <laughs> Uh, presenting uh, woman, young girl. She didn't last long. She lasted about two years. She chose the name Squish Hole. Oh, and squish that was deeply hole. disturbing to a lot of people because it's like, you're of any name that you could make up for yourself, you call But so, okay, we called her Swish, Squish Hole. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously some issues that she had to deal with. But uh, yeah. So... When we're out and about, when we hear the far right wing and the Christo-fascists and all these, just go to town on anything that's a, that appears to be different. And then they start bringing up the whole binary approach to language, to sex, uh -huh. to gender, to all of it, when it's not even close. As far as no. I can tell in all the readings I've done, there are at least seven different biological sexes. That's just in mammals. Yep. You get into fish and insects, man. It's all over the map. And don't even don't even start when it comes to things like funguses or fungi. Well, like it's yeah. insane. It gets really wild. Well, <laughs> fungus fungi are great because they tread the very weird line between what is life and what isn't life. Yeah. Because we can't define. Well, and, it. and you know, when I was young, I, I mean, I, I mean, my I have a step cousin who's intersex, and you know, she that she uses she her pronouns, and that was her choice. But she even said. You know, like from a young age, she 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 would tell us I'm a girl and and, and because they, that was her choice due to the nature of her biological sex. And I find that so, whenever people are like, well, biologically, though, 
It's just so, it's just such a, it's them trying to be like, I thought you believed in the science, yeah, you right. know, and it's just so disgusting. It's I, the, the science argument for them, I think is, is, I mean, a little bit funny because everyone learns like, you know, some science at like first grade and second grade. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and you learn some elementary concepts so that you can get the basics what you learn about biology in elementary school is very different than what you learn about biology in high school. And that's a world of difference between or college. college or someone that's working towards, you know, getting their PhD or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so if you were to ask, you know, like a toddler, what colors are there? They'd be like, Oh, you know, red and yellow and, and, <laughs> yeah. and blue and, and sure. Yeah. The three <laughs> colors of light. Why not? But like, it's more nuanced than that. And the more you learn about it, and 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 that's just talking about the biological aspects and not the fact that gender is a social construct. Yes. And it's it's, you know, 40,000 <laughs> years of culture and baggage uh, uh, crammed into what we've come to be today that kind of inform who we are and how we present ourselves to the world. As we say in vilification tennis, gender is a construct. Sex is what we have with your mom. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. There's a reason I keep coming back after all these years. The, what's, uh, what's interesting, I think, that 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 has been an issue that we're we're dealing with right now is uh, the right is really pushing back on the concept of uh, of of pronouns mm -hmm. and and there being a, you know a calling somebody by they or calling somebody who isn't. By a lot, sorry, assigned male at birth, uh, anything but he. Um, one of the members of my band uh, has talked about the fact that her parents are watching Fox News all the time. And Fox mm. News has been really pushing this idea that pronouns are bad. And that, yeah. that this conversation... <laughs> well, using them, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And and her, her parents are like... Her mom is like, well, I'm not going to use pronouns. I'm just not. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, let's let's well, let's, let's get go that. all the way with yeah. that. Because the first <laughs> you just thing, used one. Yeah, the first thing you have to do is restate what you just said yeah. without yeah. a pronoun. Because if you're really not going to use pronouns, then you need to go all the way. You can't just say, well, I'm not going to use they, them. Because mm -hmm. that's what I think you mean. Right. Right. Um, good luck. It is, is exactly what it is. Good or luck it means describing. that I won't call a trans person by their by what they are what they are choosing mm -hmm. to be. Like what they, they really are. That, yeah. I, I'm I, gonna, yeah. I refuse to recognize someone else's existence. Yep. That's yep. what they're saying. And I well, more importantly, their identity. Which yes. is their existence. Yes. Uh, it's I refuse to acknowledge someone with the identity that they choose. Because and it's really sad because because of and I'm going to use some very quote woke terms here because uh -oh. of toxic patriarchal masculinity, everyone is chooses to be whatever they decide in that system and it's usually he or she or he or she, uh, her or him. And anytime you step outside that, it makes people uncomfortable. And when people are uncomfortable, and I'm going to circle back to what you said, Nick, about science. As we all know, science is, is tough. It changes. It, <laughs> it evolves. And when new terms come around and new understanding comes around, we have to adjust. And that is scary. The world is a big, scary place. We are living in a pandes uh, pandemicine. 
mm-hmm. a series mm-hmm. of ongoing and overlapping pandemics. This is going to be yep. the rest of our lives. We are living in climate shift. This is happening. And it's really hard to turn and look at all these things that are happening that are actively and actually impacting our lives. We in the United States have some barriers, but we're already starting to see it in the temperature swings, water problems, a whole bunch of things. And in times of fear, people tend to get fairly simplistic in their looking. They tend Mm. to get, they drop back into binary thinking. Yes, no, he, she, blah, blah, blah. And so it's really hard at that time to ask for extra empathy. A lot of people don't have the emotional resources for this. When in fact, if you reach for those emotional resources, you then get what I think of as adulthood, which is emotional resiliency. And instead of struggling to accept, and it's easy for us to do this because we do Renaissance festivals. We're used to the other, the odd, the strange, and we accept it because it's to be celebrated. Mm-hmm. And the more we celebrate it, the better our society is. But it's really hard because we're fighting against a lot of purposefully ignorant vectors in our society, anti-science, anti-vax, anti-everything that is outside of what is their comfort zone. Malicious. Well, and, and the thing is yeah. th- that ignorance, that that those views have been codified in their own identities. And that is something that yes. that people very, very honestly, astonishingly few people in this world are self-actualized mm. and have any kind of ability to see themselves. I think unless you've gone through pretty significant therapy or you had parents who knew who, who had either gone through therapy or had some kind of, you know, ability to be self-actualized themselves, it is very rare for people to be able to look at themselves critically. That's just that is my opinion from the people I talk to, even people I know who are uh, woke human beings aren't necessarily haven't really fully been able to comprehend to step away from themselves and to get that distance from themselves to see who they are and admit it and 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 you know change and move forward so many people have arrested development even at like age 24 you know we know our brains continue to change and that neuroplasticity is real and that if you don't exercise you know those neural pathways they do prune and i think for so many people You know, you can trace it back to when college boy became an insult. The idea being that to be proudly ignorant, to be proudly uh, uh, denying these things has has indeed become an identity that a lot of people wear with pride. Yeah. And and that is that is unfortunate because because it's not just about disagreeing. It's about deciding that you're going to. You have made it as much as an indelible part of your identity as somebody's pronouns or somebody's gender identity. You've decided you're the guy who doesn't believe in any of that woke bullshit. Yeah. And you're entrenched. Their their identity is uh, anti-woke without being able to define what woke mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Their, their identity <laughs> is, you know, a, a political party in some instances, but it's. It's a brand. Um, it, it, you're right. It makes me think of um, especially like Tony, what you were saying uh why wasp stings are so much worse at the end of the year and why they're so much more aggressive they're all packing into their hives because the the winter is coming and they're getting colder and they're getting all hot and agitated in their hives and they're they're literally like dripping with their venom venom uh and they they get more aggressive because of the onset of winter's coming and they're about to get, you know, rocked and all killed by the, by the cold. It's the same thing. You know, people 
panicking. And, and Thank our, you. I was like, man, uh, make all the, the social bridge. safety make nets are gone. <laughs> all those things that people yeah. could rely on, and they, you know, start to turn on each other more, mm -hmm. more violently. Mm -hmm. That was yeah. really nicely done, though. I'm, I'm not giving you too much shit for that. That was. <laughs> I, you start talking about wasp, and I'm like, what? Oh, there, I got you. Oh uh, yeah, you. the insects. We, we made but also, no, yes, yeah, <laughs> but that was also, good. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think you know the hardest thing for me is it's just like, what, 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 where's the harm in? using somebody's pronouns. Where's the harm to you? Mm -hmm. Because you're actively harming somebody else. And I, and I think that they, they tell themselves that they're not because they want to believe that they're good people. But in the end, there is no harm when somebody says, please use they, them pronouns. Um, that, that's what I prefer. It, it, it's a little bit of work on your part at first. But I think I always say we, we engage in that kind of work all the time, right? I mean, my real name is Timothy. Nobody calls me Timothy. Why? Because I've made it pretty clear. I don't want to be called Timothy. I want to be called Tim. Mm -hmm. And if somebody like uh, from across the room shouted, hey, Timothy, oh, I probably wouldn't respond because right. that's not who I am. Uh, and, I, and I think that we, when, when we're not dealing with pronouns, we have no difficulty uh, making that adjustment. But and when somebody gets married and they choose to change their last name, we have yeah, no difficulty nope. making yeah. that adjustment. But when we're dealing with pronouns, for some reason, there is a unfortunate segment of our society that says, well, I just can't do that. Mm -hmm. And they well, shut down. You, it's really well, not much work. And and if someone's response is like, well, I don't want to deal with all that, then I kind of feel like they're admitting that they're intellectually lazy or stupid, right? The second someone's like, oh, I don't, eh, I don't know about all that because like, oh, it seems like so much work or whatever. And it's like, man, you're so mentally inflexible that you can't just change mm -hmm. a word in your real personal brain dictionary. Neuroplasticity, That's, baby. That shit's so fucking easy. Part of it. Like, I feel like, like Molly and I have both remarked on this. We, we've had friends that are like, hey, you know, this is what I want now. And it's like, cool dope switch in my brain flipped mm -hmm. like and and there might be a slip every once in a while or whatever when you're first getting used to it but in my mind i am able to like make that change quick mm -hmm. right and uh if you make a mistake it's like oh sorry and then you move right on you don't over yep. you don't over apologize uh, getting to what tim said it's the the pronoun thing has been dropped into the culture war because it's easy. It's easy to go after mm -hmm. a very small minority of people to make them the other. I mean, we see this all the time when people want to gain power, they want to gain control. Religion has done it for centuries. They're godly than they're ungodly. If the ungodly are less than human, we're more righteous and therefore we can do more things to them. That's basically the same thing. It, I think it goes back to the transition from hunter-gatherers into agrarian has allowed mm. people to have more time on their hands in mm -hmm. a singular space. How do we then form... Sorry, I want to get way afield on this. Bear with me. How do we then form societies that can um, go forward into the future? Basically, religion. Religion is very good at forming structure, belief systems, and that perpetuates society. And if you can perpetuate society, especially by regaining, by retaining power, and I, I guess I am going to go into the Catholic Church, over 2,000 years of power from a variety of sources. It's not univocal. They don't speak in one voice. You know, there's this, the South American Catholics, there's American Catholics, and there's always, you know, threats of schism, but then always brought back into the fold. Pronouns are an easy way 
for people who are fearful, for people who are willfully ignorant, and for people who are genuinely ignorant. I think the bell curve is much more generous on a, reg on a regular populace <laughs> than actually is out there. You know, it's 50% mm -hmm. of people are below average. Honestly, I think it's about 75 to 80. <laughs> I think it should actually be an asymptotic curve and then it kind of plateaus mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. Sure. And that is me being an arrogant fuck on a Tuesday after <laughs> a very long weekend. Um, as a longtime performer and insulter, uh, it is odd for me to feel like I'm getting better at my craft. Mm -hmm. I see this mm -hmm. in the volume of return paid, uh, return customers. I see it in the, in the rate of tips. I see it in a lot of different factors in my life. I am 64 years old and I'm getting better at it. And the reason I'm getting better, I firmly believe this, is because I am trying to be adaptive to what culture and mores are becoming. I'm not fearful of it. It's like, oh, this is cool. When I do Question Man, I talk to 20-year-olds. I talk to 15-year-olds. Like, what's the music? What are you guys thinking of? And they tell me, and a lot of it's the same thing, generation after generation. You know, you, we don't know where we're going, blah, 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 blah. And some of it is like, well, you know, I come from Florida. My family's from Florida, and I can't get a hold of trans-affirming care. We have to go out of state. My parents have moved out of state because of me. Yep. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm suddenly really emotional, so pardon me on this one. We have refugees in mm -hmm. our country who just want to be themselves and they can't because it's been criminalized. And that is evil. I have said before on this program, I think evil is a conscious choice of harm. And these people are harming actual people because they use the fear against them to stoke it up, to pass laws against them, and they simply want to be fucking called their own name. Yep. Thanks. That's I also feel it's 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 interesting because I think that something I've been noticing a lot among people is that people even those who aren't religious, but particularly the religious and particularly the Christian, but people in general want to be persecuted because if they're persecuted, that explains why their life isn't good. And well, it can give, it's just, it's the whole, like, that's why I'm not getting the promotion. That's why I'm not, it, it, there's a, to have someone who's out there pulling the strings, making it so that you don't, you can't have what you want. You're being persecuted. And so, you know, you get that a lot with Christianity that's built into the doctrine. It, right. But also, you know, you've got, uh, you, you also do have, I, I know, non-religious people who genuinely seem to have this persecution complex about how their way of life is under attack. Their way of life is under attack, and that's why they're involved in this culture war. And they're like, look, and it's, it's a lot of a bridge too far mm. is what they usually use, right? It's always, I was fine with gay marriage. I was fine mm. with trans people. I was fine with that. But now these drag queens are shoving it down <laughs> kids' throats. And it's like, no. Or, you know, and, and it's just, it's always, there always has to be something to unite us against each other. And for some fucking reason, nobody wants it to be the actual people who are doing the harm of not addressing climate change, of, of continuing to, you know, court lobbyists who are actively doing evil. And, and it's very frustrating to see these reasonable people I know, or at least I thought they were, suddenly say things like, well, 
I support trans rights, but you have to see it from their point of view. These people, and it's like, no, you fucking don't. What are you talking about? What do you mean, <laughs> these people? Yeah. T- Tony has talked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tony has talked about how persecution is baked into Christianity mm-hmm. on on this podcast. Yep. It goes way, way back. But mm-hmm. it's it's you're seeing it from more than that these right. days. I feel even yeah. you know even maybe it's people who well, were raised Christian. And it's still in their bones. Right? Actually, that whole re- religiosity is is a part of American culture to its true. bones, and it's certainly. It has strong ties to a particular political party. Well, so if you're yeah. an atheist and you're, yeah. you know, a Republican, Republican. you're you're going to have those same ideas. He wants your cookie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, persecution is tied into the right. I mean, it's the thing. It's like anytime you see somebody say something like so much for the tolerant left, because the tolerant left is saying effectively they're saying stop being an asshole. That, that's what the, the left yeah. is intolerant of is people being an asshole. Um, but they want to be an asshole, and so then the left is is no longer tolerant, and uh, and and they can be persecuted. And it's amazing how the few people that I I interact with that are on that side of the perspective, I've given up on most of them. But the few yeah. people that I interact with that are on that that side, uh, they they will constantly talk about how you know the the left they're under attack by the left, and I'm like. How can you be under attack? You know, you control the Supreme Court half the yeah. time. Half the time you control the White House, but really most of the time you control the White House in its own way. You control the House of Representatives. You almost always control at least one of the two major houses. You control almost every every governorship. You control almost every state Businesses. legislature. It's like you control all of the money, and then you're telling me that you're persecuted. It's like. It's like Christians saying they're persecuted. It's like 70% of people in America are Christians, but you are the minority. No, that's not how it works. But they use language that works well with the people who are mm. who, who are predisposed to believe what they're talking about that help those people feel like they are persecuted. And that actually makes them feel powerful. And it also makes them feel like they're the good person, like you said earlier, Tim. Mm-hmm. Very few yep, people. Wh- I'm sorry, sorry, Molly. I didn't. I'm sorry. I just realized what your one finger. No, no. I was going to say, but but really, because that. what it is is they're they're the way they they're saying they're being persecuted because they can no longer just be a dick without repercussions, <laughs> and it's a social persecution. Even though they can they can they have all the power and the money and the everything, it is because they can't go on Facebook. And make a racist joke and use the N word, and and Without not pushback. get told on to their employer, and then they get fired. And it's like, oh, I'm under attack. I'm being persecuted. All I did was hound a trans woman mm-hmm. by re- like misgendering and dead naming her relentlessly publicly, and suddenly I don't have a job. Like it's and I love and that's what it is. They they don't get to be. They have repercussions now socially. I love the phrase. Well, you can't just you just can't make a joke anymore. Oh, really? I'm sitting yes. at. I'm going to say the the, the verbal the verbal. Huh. The, the virtual, I have no words right now, sorry. The virtual table of four comedians. We tell jokes all yeah. the time. We yes. tell outrageous jokes. We tell very adult jokes. Uh, we don't have any issues. You just no. have to be smarter. You just have to work a little harder. And guess what? You have a wider audience. The payoff is so much the better. The payoff is great. Yeah. Comedy has a really short shelf life. 
Yeah. Like, I feel like more than any other genre of entertainment, you know, drama kind of withholds the test of time a lot easier than, than humor does. Humor evolves very quickly. It's often quite topical. Um, and, and it, it evolves with language and with culture, which are moving faster and faster all the time because of, you know, the pervasiveness of the internet and, and how interconnected we are in the, in those ways. And so like, when people say shit like, oh, you couldn't make Blazing Saddles these days, it's like, no, we'd make a different movie that's just as funny, a different Western that's just as subversive, but the things you're subversive about today aren't <laughs> the same things you're subversive about in the fucking 80s. Well, We've all uh, grown and changed. <laughs> for, it's funny you say that, and there's two things I want to jump in on. One, I want to talk about the internet as far as the acceleration of the plasticity and change of the evolution of language, mores, the definitions of things. Blazing Saddles, if it was released today, I think would still be as provocative because we're still having race issues. We're sure. still, yeah, and if you ever go back and look at it, some of the stuff is like, whoa, it's still relevant, mm -hmm. which is very mm -hmm. impressive because, yes, especially movie comedies. Yeah, the main thing, they're the out, main they're thing, done, the main thing know. for Blazing Saddles you'd have to do something about is actually the homophobia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's something that we have become far more sensitive to and good for us mm -hmm. that we figured that out, but... Uh, but the actual part about racism within that movie is still remarkably topical. Mm -hmm. uh, and to the second point, when I talked about the internet, uh, the internet is the thing. I mean, I think in the year 1000, one of the big changes to human evolution of society was indoor plumbing. <laughs> uh, yeah. At the turn of the at the turn of the millennia, it was asked by a lot of anthropologists and sociologists, "What do you think the single most?" important thing that has changed humanity and overall the consensus was indoor plumbing because that has ripple effects the internet is a nuclear bomb as far as the accelerated mm. growth uh, rate of growth and change because when you talk about uh, the culture wars you have all these little bell chambers and we are one in certain ways we are a little bell chamber we tend to bring on like-minded people, not all the time. And for that, I do appreciate what you guys do. I just want to say that very much. Uh, I have people, and I've said this before on my Facebook page, they're the, they're the canaries in the batshit crazy minds of <laughs> conspiracy theorists of far-right think. So when they start spouting things, it's like, whoa. And then you start seeing it showing up in government. And you start seeing it show up in religious leaders. It's important to keep track of this stuff. Sometimes I just don't have the spoons. I just yeah. don't have the spoons to deal with this stuff because it's stochastic terrorism that Trump has been very good at and all of his backers, and it's still going on. Fox News, I think, has been one of the biggest rates of change in our society than any single entity. Uh, I think Ru Rupert Murdoch and Fox should be banned like they did in Australia. I honestly, I, I would even go a little bit further back and lay the blame at the 24-hour news cycle in general. Just the fact, because my my mother watches the honestly not much better equivalent on CNN and is just bombarded with, I mean, there's no a better word for it than blue MAGA. Just this yeah. like same kind of rabid, they're coming for us, you know, and all you can do is send us money to fix it, you know, mm. and and it's the the need for 24-hour news content has driven this sense of headlines are news and if there's a headline we can turn it into 6 hours of content by saying what it could be what it could mean 
and what it might become, you know? Uh, yeah. I think the evil marriage was, in fact, absolutely the 24-hour news cycle combined with the very first reality show, Phil Donahue. A yes. lot of stuff can be laid oh, at yes. his feet. Absolutely. Where it's reality, but it's completely produced and edited and manipulated. Trauma porn. It's, yeah. it, thank you. Oh, I like that. Trauma porn. Trauma yeah. porn is absolutely a problem. Like there yeah. are people are ghouls for it. Yeah. And, and my mom will, my mom is very into reality shows and she, her way of being an ally is to talk to me about all the trans people on 90 day fiance. And I'm like, <laughs> great. <laughs> like, she's like, there's a trans woman this week. I'm like, okay. <laughs> You know, it's I, you oh, know I we can we can go back and pin it on a lot of things. I I just I just like to go back and pin it on Ronald Reagan. I feel like he's just oh, the dude. the source of 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 a lot of of problems that that are so great today. Yeah. So I I kind of want to end end this or draw it maybe to not a close but at least perhaps a more uplifting uh, reach. <laughs> you know, we've enumerated a lot of the problems that we're facing and and will be facing. Uh, I think it's by reaching out. Um, question man gets asked a lot. I get asked a lot, you know, what is the secret meaning of life? And obviously it's Douglas Adams. Uh, but I, I've come out with four precepts that I give really quick. Um, one is like learn your own emotional language, what triggers you so you become a person who does and means what they say. Two, uh, ongoing curiosity, always keep learning. Three, in some way, try to make this world a better place than you found it. And four is kindness, first toward yourself and then toward others. I think those are decent precepts because reaching for empathy and reaching for kindness will help us into the future to survive a lot of the changes that are coming. It's not bunkers, beans, and bullets. It's networking and making communities. And as long as I think we keep striving for that, uh, we will be go- we'll, we'll be okay, if not even better. But we it's a lot of work, and I don't wish mm-hmm. to take that away from that. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that yes, I, I I think leaving on an uplifting note is great. And you know, if if you have people in your life that are, you know, I guess. I don't know, questioning or trying out new pronouns. You know, the best thing to do is to ask them what they're looking for from you, you know, and, and they'll tell you that that is if someone you notice someone changed their pronouns to she, they, you can ask which they prefer. Don't just be confused and, and feel like you're panicking. You know, it's, and it's, it is okay to be, to feel like the world is changing around you because that means you're alive. Frankly, the, the, if the world is not changing around you, if you don't feel like your world is changing around you, you might want to take a look at what it is that you're living and, and what you can do to experience some change because it's, it's, it's coming one way or another. And if you haven't experienced it in a while, you might want to start getting ready to how to deal with, with things changing under you. If yep. you think talking to someone else about their pronouns uh, or gender expression is awkward or difficult for you, Imagine how hard it was for them to come out or imagine yeah. how hard it yeah. was for them yeah. to, to, you know, change their name tag or their email signature or whatever it is like that takes a lot of courage yeah. to, to, you know, go, go forward with that. Even in the most supportive social groups, there's still a whole, you know, mean world out there that they're, they're doing that in, you know, within, despite all that. 
I and feel like most of us tried to get a nickname off the ground when we were younger, right? <laughs> Did you ever try to get a nickname off the ground I tried to and stop no one, one would do it? And yeah. you, you were trying real hard and you're like, what if everyone called me? I, I'll tell you, I went to college and I was I didn't want to be Molly anymore because there, there were two Mollies in my high school and they called me Molly and they called the other one Pretty Molly. And I just oh. didn't want to deal with it anymore. And so I tried to go by cat. And uh, it did not take, I will tell you right now. And it was very hard. And, and like, you know, people made me justify myself when I would say, oh, everyone calls me cat. And they'd be like, who? Oh, you know, man. and and that's a mean just, place you went to. If you haven't ever tried to do that or if you've never been, if you've been a performer and tried to get a performer name or anything like that's nothing compared to, you know, trying to make people see who you've been this whole time. And I think that empathy is the name of the game. Like yeah. you said, Tony, Absolutely. I had kind of the opposite experience. I had a bunch of friends who were like, you need a nickname. And I was like, why? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. You have a nickname. It's yeah. Tim. It's right? Tim. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the shorter that's version. That, there you go. We're, yeah. we're set. I'm the good. The version of my name is one, one fucking syllable. I don't need anything else. I've got it. <laughs> we'll call you. I'm, I'm in good mm. shape. Yeah. Anyway, well, thank you, uh, uh, Tony. This is—it's always wonderful to have you. You are thoughtful and provoking, and it is time for five questions. What five Speaking questions? Of thoughtful and provoking. Tony has not answered our five questions yet. How's that possible? I know. Every I time know. someone hasn't, I'm just shocked beyond beyond measure <laughs> because I can't remember when he came up. Wasn't with them. he on this podcast <laughs> last looking year? Looking at this email in front of me, it looks like it was February of 2022. Nice. So, oh my God, here we are. Uh, and it's time to ask five questions. So, Nick, why don't you start us off? Yeah. Hey, Tony, what's a game you've played recently that you really enjoyed? Um, it's uh, it's called Galileo. It's a word game. Oh. And you can pick uh, subjects on this, like, you know, pick animals. And so you have to, someone starts, and then the other person has to name an animal with the letter that the animal ended in. So if I say elephant... You'd have to say like tree frog, tiger, and then yeah. after that would be you know canoe, yeah, and then it, it. But I've played, I've played that. It's a road game. I just found yeah. that out, and uh, I played with Jen when I was driving because we were separated for the summer because she can't go to Colorado anymore because of her lungs, and so uh, on one of our calls we just played Galileo while I was driving back to Minnesota, and so we played for a couple hours. So that was really I fun. I love that. My my family has a game that we used to call the game, and it was very similar. But it was, uh, you know, like the game, Game Boy, Boy George, George Michael, Michael oh. Scott. You know, and so you could just, and it could be anything. But it mm -hmm. has, it was with the words instead of the letter. I love that though, yeah. Galileo. It's a yeah. new road game for me. There you go. Uh, Tim, question two. Question number two: What science fact or discovery do you think is really fucking cool? Uh, time dilation. <laughs> Ooh, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm going to try to do this very quickly. Uh, so, uh, uh, Molly, your Earth, Nick is the closest star, and say it's 11 light years away. And yeah. uh, a starship leaves that goes a quarter light speed. And by the time it reaches halfway, there's about 30 or 40 years have passed on the starship, about three to 400 years have passed back on Earth, and they created a little bit better spaceship that goes half light speed. That mm. spaceship takes off, passes the original starship, and lands on a planet orbiting the nearest star. By the time the original starship lands, they will have met their own great, 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 great grandchildren oh. waiting for them. 
I have. Very good. One of, the, so cool. one of the best descriptions I ever heard for time dilation is um, like, you know, a setting slider on your computer. Uh-huh. On one end is speed, and on the other end is time. Ooh. The further you push it to one way, the less you have the other. Okay. So the more speed you have, the less time there is. You push it the other way, the slower you're going, the more time there is, the, fr- the slower time is passing. Did and you I always picture that slider. When everyone was talking about time dilation, it's like, put it all the way up to light speed. I like that. Uh, did you ever see the movie Lucy with Scarlett jo- Johansson? It was a Luke no. uh, Besson movie. She got put these drugs in where she got access to, quote, up to 100% of her brain. It's a very. Oh, yes. It's, oh, it's, yes. A, yes. it's a crappy right. premise, but it's kind of a fun movie. But towards the end, she could actually start manipulating time. And she talked about how time is the true uh, state and measure of the universe. And I just thought that was pretty cool. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, question three. Yep. Where do you get your sense of right and wrong from, since we know it's not religion? Well, religion has co-opted it. I say, I've said for years, and I heard this many, many years ago, that people develop morality and ethics despite religion. Mm -hmm. Because especially Christianity is a form of dictates and dictums. It's not actually a moral structure or system. So how do we develop what's right and wrong? Honestly, we've evolved biologically to do that. It is to the best of our adaptive survival that the group continues. Hmm. One of the earliest forms of civilization that we know of is a broken leg that was healed. Because that meant part of the tribe took care of it. Mm-hmm. They took care of that person while mm-hmm. the rest were hunter-gatherers, all those sort of things. And that's, um, that's, I think, starting, and that goes very much. Animals have it. We're mammals. We're animals. Um, I think part of his evolution is hardwired. Uh, the other is, oh, if I punch him, he punches me back. It's kind of visceral. And then it kind of evolves from there. That's excellent. Excellent answer. Question four. If you could build a robot to perfectly <laughs> perform one chore or task for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Pack my truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a ready answer. Oh, it is. <laughs> Because, yeah, like come, come, next, come next Monday. That's what you got to do. Well, no, uh, we're packing up this week. Oh, and I'm getting so. a hotel room for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, that's smart. Because Monday morning we got to roll out and beat feet down to North Carolina to be able to open up next the Saturday after that. Mm-hmm. We, it's oh, called yeah. a Hell Week. Um, I would love a robot to come in and pack my truck. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Actually, oh, that would be great. How much? How much stuff? Like, Jen, I mean, like, is it? Is it? Are we talking a trailer? Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, do, you, um, do you have a trailer? Do you no. just load a flatbed? What's no. your? Uh, my yurt, my sixteen foot yurt, and all in the bed that I uh, constructed. I deconstruct that, and I've got three, four, five. I've got five tubs, which includes my clothing, mm-hmm. tools, kitchen, that kind of stuff, and then the kitchen. Yep. And then uh, my spear, my longbow, that kind of stuff. That all fits in my truck. And then Jen's stuff okay. fits in her van, and off we go. Amazing. Even for Rennies, we live kind of simply. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Tim, question five. Question five. What is a movie or TV show you think everyone should watch? Well, before I found out the history of Kung Fu, I would have said Kung Fu. <laughs> With David hmm. Carradine, and then I found out the actual racist history of it. Damn it! That Bruce Lee yeah. had proposed it, and it was supposed to be called Warrior. And then because of that, he went to Hong Kong and became a star there. But um, I liked a lot of the precepts. They took Buddhism 
and kind of and Shaolin Kung Fu and kind of watered it down a little bit and they actually made it nice. I still think one should watch it hmm. uh, about humbleness, about preparing yourself, about the interconnectivity of things. Um, it's actually Kung Fu. And I know it's got a racist history. It formed my life. Huh. A lot of my ethos, what I discovered was right and wrong, actually started with that show, that and Star Trek, the original one. That's my my dad watched a lot of kung fu, and then later together we watched uh, Kung Fu: The Legend Continues with oh. the son of Kwai Chang Kane, who's that was awful. you know turned away from his father's <gasps> teachings yeah. and stuff, and he just I think he's like a cop or something, and he's yeah. not really into the kung fu. <laughs> but David Carradine is in it, playing yep. an you know older version of his yeah. character, and and it's uh, I have fond memories of that show that probably hasn't aged terribly well. Oh, don't don't go back. Don't destroy your child. <laughs> no, you can never go home again. You can't no, go home again. Not with Thank that you, one. Tony. Always an absolute pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for continuing to be on our show, Thanks. our dumb little show, <laughs> and uh, elevating your us with your philosophy and uh, your your kind measured words. Uh, it's just wonderful to talk to you. If you are listening to this. You missed your opportunity for the year to see him if you're in Minnesota. It's too late, but nope. you could go down to North Carolina. I have one more weekend. No, by the know. time this posts, you won't. Oh, then never mind. You've yeah. missed me. Sorry. Yeah. Ha ha. Bye. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and so, uh, but, however, uh, he will be back next year. For th I'm assuming. I mean, that's the hope. Well, right? who knows? Jesus. <laughs> that's a whole show about the current administration. But um, <laughs> if the, the show opens. Contract in time for fifth weekend. <laughs> <laughs> If the show opens, they hire me. Yeah, I'll be here. Uh, I also uh, do live and recorded video and phone messaging as Seamus the Insulter or Complimenter. And if you're nice to me, a handwritten card. Nice. Where can they find you? On Facebook? They or can find me places? on Facebook under Seamus the Insulter. You can go and find me on email at contactshamustheinsulter at gmail.com. I also have a Patreon under Seamus the Insulter. And that's S H A M U S. Shame. It's a pun, people. It's a portmanteau. You are so sexy right now. You know, I do my best. Yeah, I guess you were actually sexy, Molly. The other Molly was pretty, Molly, and you were sexy. That's right, baby cake. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's definitely what they called me. She said as she sat in a pool of her own ass sweat. Don't tease. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening today to this week's episode. We have new episodes for you every Tuesday. So far, so we're far. doing it, everybody. <laughs> we're going to do our best to be back in person once the Renaissance Festival has closed. Uh, we really appreciate everybody sticking with us while we record remotely for safety and to make sure that we can continue to do this show for many years to come. I got my if you booster. Like follow us. What's that? I got my booster. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, we're getting ours at the end of the week. I'm so yeah, excited. It's yeah. great. Friday. Get your fucking boosters, people. If you're listening to this, get your goddamn updated COVID vaccine. I don't even, I don't want to hear it. Go get your fucking vaccinations. Please do. If you listen to this show, you have no excuse unless you have a doctor's note and not, not a, one of those doctor's notes where you're like, oh, my doctor says I don't know about them. No. <laughs> like you specifically. Anyway, all right. Sorry. I've had a conversation with somebody at work today that got me crabby. Oh, dear. <laughs> Thank you so much, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Okay, well, I'll use they, them, but I draw my line at nothing. I, I don't care. I'll, I'll use whatever pronouns we're people geeks, ask. We're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't.
authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Need more geeks without God? Go to our website, read our blog posts, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. Social media. We're geeks. We're geeks. We're geeks without God. We're geeks. We're geeks. We're geeks without God. We're geeks. Geeks without God. The allergist is a chiropractor. Oh. <laughs>